Welcome everyone to Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill. This is Jesse Walinski, his co-host. And tonight we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Colleen Wunderlich, who is the Chief Strategic Partnership Officer and Director of the Forsyth Center for the Entrepreneurship at Hadley. So Colleen holds a bachelor's degree from Purdue University with majors in psychology and Spanish and an MBA from the University of Chicago with a concentration in economics, strategic management, and entrepreneurship. In her free time, Colleen enjoys exploring the city of Chicago with her husband and her seeing eye dog and pursuing her interests in fashion, food, wine tasting, and spending time with her close family and friends. We are so, so happy to have you joining us today, Colleen. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Yes, it's so nice to have you on. And I'll tell you something, from hearing your bio, you really sound like a great person to hang out with, huh? You're a lot of fun, right? <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to make the best of make the best of life, that's for sure. Oh my. But you know, your, your background from your education is really very, very diverse. And yes. can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your history and where you grew up and how you came to select these different majors, uh, in college? So I grew up in Joliet, Illinois, which is about 40 miles southwest of Chicago. And um, it was sort of a big city with a small town attitude, we used to call it. It wasn't really a suburb of Chicago either. It was his own city. And um, I pretty much, you know, was just had the normal Midwestern life, right? Uh, and I, I always had the dream of doing some kind of counseling um, or being in, in social services in some way. So... I majored in, in psychology and Spanish and um, decided after I worked in social services that I didn't want to be in counseling, uh, but that I wanted to be more in a management role. So that's why I pursued my MBA. Um, and when if you go to University of Chicago, it's either you're, you're best to, to concentrate in either finance or economics. And I, I really liked economics and it's a basis of all business decisions. And um I grew up in a small business family, so entrepreneurship was sort of a natural for me. Um, so I studied those things while I was uh, working full-time at the Chicago Lighthouse. I was in management there. And then I spent some time in city government um, in grants, grant management, and then I worked for Freedom Scientific. I was in business development and, uh -huh. and as a regional sales manager. And now I'm here at Hadley. So I feel fortunate to be able to spend all of my my practical life experience and professional experience helping my fellow uh, blind friends and, and brethren, as I like to say, uh, start their own businesses and explore their own careers. And I feel really fortunate to be where I am. But you're right, I do have a, a very diverse background and it's always been always been a challenge for me to focus on one thing because I have a lot of interests. And I like to learn, and uh, I, there's just so many things I could do or could get myself interested in that sometimes staying focused on one thing has been always a challenge for me. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think that you could make a very good president of the United States, too. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, my husband and I were actually talking about that. <laughs> I said, sometimes it makes me think I should just run. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yes. yes. Now, now, what was the reason that you were interested in Spanish? Or did you already know some Spanish and you really wanted to develop your Spanish skills? I just always liked the language, and I just wanted to develop my skills in Spanish. And then being that I thought I'd go into social work or counseling, I thought it would be um, a good good degree to have. And living in Chicago, it's come in, in handy. Um, you know, it's I tell you, if you learn a foreign language, if you don't use it, you lose it. It, it really, really depends on you practicing it. And, and that's been my challenge now, you know, especially in, in the first couple of jobs I had out of school, I used it all the time. Um, but now it's not so much. And so for those who like languages, you have to keep them alive. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I'll tell you, I I live here in Los Angeles and oh. there are just so many Spanish speaking people that it really is almost where young kids I really think they really have to learn to speak it because so many of the immigrants who come here, it doesn't concern them if they don't speak English. They they right. get by so well just speaking Spanish and everybody else speaks it, you know, so. That's right. Yeah, they're definitely, we have that here in, in Chicago. We have communities that are very isolated, um, Latino communities that you can live I've met people who have lived in this country for 20, 30 years and never had to learn English because they live in a community that is completely Latino, you know. And I'll say the same thing. I have uh, some relatives that got married to my uncles and they're here from Japan, these women. Hmm. They don't speak any English at all. And they really don't have to. They live in these communities where so many of the people there, they speak Japanese and all the markets, all the mm -hmm. restaurants, the banks, mm -hmm. all speak Japanese. And it just doesn't even faze them that they cannot speak the language. So it's very mm -hmm. interesting. That is interesting. So tell us a little bit about the Foresight Center and was the Forsyth Center, was that something that was funded by John Forsyth, or is that just the same last name and a different spelling? Same last name, different spelling. So um, actually Forsyth, so um, in 2011, Hadley decided they wanted to do something to respond to all of the unemployment that was happening, especially after the 2009 financial crisis, it was really difficult for people to find work anywhere, but even our population of people to find work. So uh, the Foresight Center was created to address the unemployment problem and underemployment problem in our population. For people who have skills and practical experiences and they want to do something with them, but maybe have had difficulty getting hired or having access to employment. Maybe they live in a, a remote area of the country. They want to stay there. So they have a skill or a craft or a business idea that they want to develop. Or maybe they want to get more involved in a family business. Um, 
So we developed a series of online business courses to help people build business acumen and practical business skills that they may otherwise may not have. And it's really meant to be more of a practical approach um, to, to that. So then we, we had the courses and then when I came on in 2013, um, we developed the um, the online business enterprise program for people in the Randolph Shepherd program, line vendors, to be trained online before they gone, went in for their hands-on training. So that program's taken off and we're in 31 states. And in addition to that, we developed a business competition where we give away um, up to $30,000 a year in cash award prizes to someone who has a business idea that we we have a panel of judges and they determine um, the likelihood of, of that business becoming a viable new venture. And we've ran the competition four years in a row. We've given away roughly $120,000 in startup money to students, people who study with us who have a business idea and they want to take it to the next level or launch it. So as an idea I got from when I was in business school, you know, we had competitions and I always thought if we wanted to be a credible business program, we would have something like that. So uh, we developed the competition and now we are rebuilding the program um, because we found that there is a more modern way to develop business plans. Hmm. It's called the business canvas. And it's a grid system that has 11 different building blocks so some of the building blocks that are in a traditional business plan, we have workshops that walk people through how to develop this, what's called the business canvas. So how to develop their business idea. And it contains things like key partners. You know, who do I have to partner with? Key activities, what are the key activities of my business? What's my value proposition? You know, what do I offer? How do I structure my costs? Um, Things like um, customer relations, you know, who, who, how do I best relate to my customers? What's my purpose? And um, the channels, how am I going to sell my product? Revenue streams, how am I going to make money? Um, and, and different key assumptions, like am I, am I assuming the right things? Am I assuming that I'm solving the right problem with my business? What, what problem does my business solve? And how does it make things better, faster, more efficient, etc.? So, we've developed this this process around the business canvas, and we've partnered with a gentleman named Paul Earl from the Kellogg School of Business, and he's helped us design these workshops around the canvas process. And we'll be releasing them in about two or three weeks. We're canceling most of our one lesson courses now. So, for anybody on the line who studied with us. All of those types of courses are going away and we're going to a more streamlined, practical approach. So if you wanted to enter the competition or you wanted to show your business plan to a funder, you would present this canvas along with an executive summary. Because now people really don't want to read the traditional, you know, 15 page business plan. They just don't. They want something that's more of a snapshot. And business plans take a lot of time and, and often they, they contain information that people don't need or care about, quite frankly. Um, it's good for the, the business owner to know, but it's not necessarily 
something that other people need to know. So we, so that's what we're doing, rebuilding the curriculum around, around that process. We're going to have an accounting series. We're going to have, um, we have new um, videos, technology videos on the Microsoft Suite products, Excel, Word, Outlook. So we're trying to be more practical and build it around things that people can actually use now. That's wonderful. Yes. Wow. So what um, what kind of skills can some people get from this program? Like what would they get out of it? Well, what they get out of it is they figure out their self-study, whether or not their business idea is viable. Can they make money? Is it sustainable? Is it something that they can actually carry out? Do they need a partner? Um, where are they going to get startup money? So it's taking a business idea and building it into a business, figuring out if it can be a business, and then learning some of the basic principles that go along with that. Business principles, they have to be learned. You know, you, you either learn them because you grew up in family business or you worked in, in business or you studied business. It's not something that is necessarily intuitive to someone. Um, to think, it's, it's, a, it's a way of thinking, it's a framework. And so it's a way of thinking about your idea in terms of, can I make money with this idea? And how do I have to structure it to make money? And, you know, it might, sometimes people have things that are passions of theirs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone will buy what they have to offer. You know, they think it's good, but <laughs> no one else does or no one else cares or doesn't solve a problem. Um, or it does, but um, how much do I need to charge for my service and how much does it cost me to provide my service and how much of a profit can I make? You know, these are all questions that need to be answered. And so I say we're sort of a risk-free way. We are a risk-free way of, of exploring those, those thoughts and those ideas is what I want to do practical. And it's free. You know, it's, it's better to study with us than try to launch something and lose money, which doesn't mean you won't lose money anyway, but at least you have some, some parameters built around it and you, you've considered it like a business and not like a charity or a do good project. You know, when you, when you go into business, you go into business to make money and it may not be a lot of money. It might, you might not, we have some people that they want to make a salary they can live on. And some people want a side business. They're happy if they make a thousand dollars a month, $500 a month. You know, just what, what I think we, we determine success is, are you achieving what you want? Is what other people might think is successful, but are you developing something that is taking you where you want to go that supports your life goals? And so, we have all different types of businesses that work with us, um, different sizes, different shapes, as I like to say. Some people make their own products and sell them. Some people offer services. Some people have an expertise that they want to market. And so, you know, we really need people to come to us with the idea or ideas, but then we can help hone those ideas. Colleen, you'd mentioned that this is a free program so mm -hmm. for any any adult who is, uh, do they have to be legally blind or can they be what's called partially sighted? Um, they have to be legally blind for the competition. They could be a high partial for sure. But um, we, yes, I mean, 
for the for the courses, no. I mean, technically, anyone now could take our online workshops. Um, but for the competition, yes, um, we're looking to give money away to people who have visual impairments because often we find it was another reason we started the competition was our students who say, you know, um, I go and I present my idea to investors or bankers and they're so hung up on the fact that I'm visually impaired and they don't take me seriously and they just don't understand how I can do what I can do. And that just becomes the focal point as opposed to my business idea. And so we developed the, the competition to give our people a, a level playing field and to take visual impairment out of the equation. I mean, it's obviously in the equation. You have to be visually impaired to apply, but it's no longer a factor at that point. And you know, for this 11, 11 subject canvas that uh, you're going to review those topics, mm-hmm. how long do you anticipate that it'll take a person to complete those 11 courses or 11 subject matters? Right. So we have it broken down into eight workshops. Um, how long it would take you? Well, to go through the workshops doesn't take but a couple hours, but to actually complete the canvas and do the work that you need, it really depends on how much work you've done up front. Um, the canvas is sort of a living, breathing document. So you might go back and make changes to it. Uh, you could probably work through it within a couple of weeks. It really just depends on really? how much. Yeah, how much homework you've done in advance and what you know about your idea and um, how much you have thought about who you're partnering with and how you're going to market it and who you're selling to and, you know, how much it'll cost for you to produce the the service and, and you know, how much you've really thought about it. The canvas really helps you think through it, but it presents your idea in this grid. it was, it was actually the canvas principle was developed by somebody named Alexander Osterwald, or you can Google the canvas business planning canvas model. And his model has had nine sections. Ours has 11. So we added things like purpose. Um, businesses now tend to be purpose driven. Um, it's no longer just about making money, but it's about how can I have an impact? So it really, it presents all of this in this sort of grid um, that's in blocks. And we have it, we have this interactive workbook that you can work through and print out this really nice canvas that you can present to someone. And we also have a, an executive summary workshop to help you write an executive summary to, to get your idea down into a form for funders or family or anybody that you might be trying to sell your idea to. God, this sounds really, really great. And then as far as uh, what if what if the student doesn't have a computer to be able to access your your online classes? Well, do you have any recommendations? Like does the Department of Rehabilitation support them then if they're going to be signing up with your school? I, I believe they can get support if they have a vocational goal and if they're not in a state that has an order of selection going on. Um, but you can listen to the workshops on your iPhone. Um, you can purchase, or not purchase, order from Hadley for free um, an offline Braille or large print version of the workbook. 
you can download um, the actual interactive workbook. But if you want to actually present your idea in a Canvas form, you'll need to download the, the PDF interactive workbook to set up the Canvas to be able to print it out and have it look visually appealing and have it be in the proper format. And the workbook itself helps you design the Canvas. So it helps you think about the material you learned in the workshop. So then you can apply it and put it in the Canvas. So it's not such a big leap. It gets you thinking in summary about what you've learned and helping you come to the conclusions you need to, to put it in the Canvas. So it's ideal if you have a computer um, to be able to actually set it up, but you can um, listen to the workshops on your iPhone and get the um, workbook if you just want to learn the principles. Now, now, when does the program start, for example? Does it only start on January 1st, or if somebody just finds out about it and it's, it, it's much later, it's in March, can they start the program then? How does, how does that Anytime. work? This is, it's a self-study, so there is no um, set entry and completion date. You can, you can take it at any time. You can go to our website. It'll be under the working section of the website. So if you go to hadley.edu and you set up a profile, um, it'll ask you your um, preferences in terms of font and contrast or not. If you're a screen reader, you can skip that part. And you fill out a profile and um, there are different sections of the website. This is our new online learning platform. So there's technology and there's daily living and there's working and ours will be under the working section and it will go live probably within about two weeks from now that's why i waited this long to come on to the podcast because i wanted to be able to talk about it in the near future and it will be um it's all done now we're just putting the final touches on so it should be it should be live definitely after thanksgiving we're hoping gosh it i mean it is just perfect and i can't Mm -hmm. believe that it's free now, how is this being promoted uh, so that low vision adults throughout the country uh, will know about it, that they could take advantage of this program? Well, Hadley's promoting its own website uh, through partnerships. I'm hoping to get some PR around it. I um, know we already have thousands of learners that come to our website, but we're doing what we can to promote our content because it's all new. Hadley's been completely redesigned. Everything from the platform to the coursework. And so we're doing wow. a lot of a lot of awareness right now. So the, we want to get our message, you know, the blind community um, and the professional co- uh, community that serves our population has been really good about referring people. But now we're trying to get more into the mainstream because as you know, um, older adults are losing their vision and uh, they might still want to work and they still want to be active. Um, So we're doing what we can to get our message out to the mainstream of society who don't really know about us outside of the blind community. Can you? um, Oh, sorry, Dr. Bill, go ahead. You go ahead, you go ahead, Jesse. So I was just curious about like how you get um, donors and sponsors um, in order like, to fund the program. Right. So we're supported on private foundation money. And also we have an endowment at Hadley. And we have trustees um, on our board who donate. But mostly um, the Forsyth Center 
is supported by the Forsyth Foundation, um, who started the program, and generous foundations um, who have been with us for most of most of the time of the FCE, who really believe in what we're doing and the difference we're making in people's lives. Well, you know what? We're going to have to pass the word around, and yes, we have love to get people to keep it a donate because this is just really, really good. Uh, before we open up to questions from our audience, I just want to ask you: mm-hmm. Can you give us a few of the ideas that you have seen students come up with and that are now successful businesses? Well, if you look at um, some of the people who won our competition, um, we have a gentleman who is in private practice for himself as a psychotherapist, and he's hired several (laughs) psychotherapists under him. He's got his own practice. We have a woman um, who makes uh, scented candles. Um, It's called Forage Candles, and the, the candles are made with skincare products, actual quality skincare products. So when the candle melts, you can apply the lotion to your skin. Oh, wow. We have, we have a gentleman uh, named Mark Sky Shrewsbury who started a company called Tech Tamer Woodworks, and he builds fancy custom wooden charging stations for all of your devices, iPads, phones, where you can set them up, and it's very aesthetically pleasing and appealing and fits the decor of your home and you can hide all of the wires and have your devices all in one place. Um, Great. Yeah, we have um, a person who does uh, container gardening type things um, and, you know, goes and gives parties where they build, you know, baskets and plants and and baskets and things. I mean, we, we just have just a variety of things. And so, you know, people will reach out to me and say, well, what do you think a blind person can do or visually impaired person can do? What kind of businesses can they go into? Anything you can dream up, um, anything that you can sell and yeah, any skill really? that you have that's marketable. I mean, you know, sky's the limit. If you can, if you can imagine it and build it, um, you can do it. I, I don't, really subscribe to the theory of putting people into boxes and saying, well, you're a blind person, you should do direct sales or you should uh, be in customer service or um, you should start a a consulting business or you, you know, I I don't think we, we don't have to do that. People are doing, especially with the internet, they're doing whatever they have that they can sell, whether it's a service and expertise, the product that they make. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so that it's very out of the box, which I love, you know. Oh, that is great. That is really, really, you know, it's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, shall we open it up to questions from uh, any any of the audience there? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, if anyone has a question, um, if you're on Zoom, you can raise your hand um, with the reactions tab. Or if you're on your phone, then you can just... Um, you know, speak out and let us know. So if anyone has a question. I have a question. Uh, hey, Tom, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, Dr. Bill. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Bill has known this about me for a long time. I I really like woodworking. And mm. uh, I've, I've, we moved into town. I don't have a standalone shop anymore. I just have a garage. And I can turn it into a shop when I need to. 
in, mm-hmm. in build whatever I want to build. And I've long wanted to start a small business, an at-home business. And I, I, I'm really not in, interested in the burden or building birdhouses. That doesn't turn me on at all. <laughs> uh, birdhouses? Yeah. What, was, well, what do you want guys, to build? There's people here, that what is your like birdhouses. What I'm thinking of, and I got this idea from our local mortician, to build cremation urns okay okay wow uh, uh, i'm not interested in making millions of dollars but it would be a way a way for me to keep my uh keep my creative juices going and stay in the game and Mm -hmm. build a few cremation urns you know basically custom and so i'm wondering if, if this little at-home business would be uh, uh, along the lines of what you're talking about. I think so. And you could, you know, you could design things and put them on Etsy and see what sells. I don't know yeah. if the, the people would buy those on Etsy, but um, I think you could, I think you could have your own um, website where you could sell yeah. Yeah. those and um, perhaps sell direct to you know, to, to funeral, would you probably sell to funeral homes or? I would sell to at least our, I would start with our local funeral home. And, mm-hmm. and uh, with his help, I I could probably expand that because I imagine he has a network of funeral homes that he knows about. Mm-hmm. So. And you might find, you might find a network of, of funeral homes or people who work, um, in that profession on LinkedIn or online. Yeah. See, with the internet, you could sell anywhere. I mean, that's exactly. like the gentleman, Mark, who has the Tech Tamer Woodworks. I mean, he sells, he's, yeah. he, he, he tends to stay within the 50 states, but I think 48 states, but you could sell <laughs> anywhere on, on the internet. So I think it's a great idea and the canvas could help yeah. you sort that out. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very interested in what you've got to offer because I, I worked in corporate America when I was working, and and uh, okay. but I don't know a lot about all the little finite um, idiosyncrasies about you know running my own business. Sure. And so uh, I I need to give this a look. So yeah, thank you. yeah. you're the perfect. You're the perfect example. <laughs> anybody, anybody who didn't know would think would think this was staged. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. Yeah. You, well, you know, uh, I think you, as the chairperson of the publication committee, you have to go ahead and uh, put up an article, interview Colleen, and put an article in 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 our newsletter so that everybody will know about this. This is. Really great. I think we need to connect, Colleen. That would, Doctor Bill. That's a good idea. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. I'll be in. I'll be in touch. Okay. Hey, hey thank okay. you, Tom. Good. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, Bessa. Hi. Um, I actually have two, um, hopefully small, quick questions. Um, the first is I'm wondering if Hadley keeps any sort of database or list of of those kind of businesses that you were talking about um so that you know interested people could support them um you know support disability and and you know employment and that sort of thing um and the second question is um what sort of assistance 
if any, is there for people who might not be interested in starting their own business, but are still um, having trouble finding employment out there in the big, scary world? So um, we did have um, an online business directory. Um, I'm not sure how active that still is. We're, you know, bringing our website back together, but we did have a, a website of, of people who are blind that wanted to be mentors um, to new entrepreneurs. And um, as far as helping people find employment, we don't really have those type of resources. I mean, we have technology training videos and things to help you sharpen your skills or maintain your skills. But as far as, um, you know, finding employment or figuring out where you would be a fit, we don't really provide those services because we don't do placement and we don't have assessment type tools. Um, you'd probably be better off with VR or with um, uh, some sort of recruiting or employment agency for that sort of service. Um, so you really, if you're coming to the Foresight Center, you're coming because mostly right now you have a business idea and you want to see if you can make money at it. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Constance. Yes, uh, I had two quick questions. First of all, you say business idea. Uh, how um, how far along does the idea have to be? Does there seem have to be some kind of something on paper already, or can you? Well, obviously, it has to be on something, but uh, to present it to you. But I mean, so the business doesn't have to be started. That's my first question. Second right. question is. Is a Windows computer required for the Canvas? I mean, I have a Mac that I'm learning, and I was wondering if, you know, if if the Apple programs that are kind of the equivalents of the Office suite from the PC, could they be used? Yeah, so those are great questions. Um, yes, as long as you can run uh, and work with PDF files, which you should be able to. Um, you can work with the interactive workbook to design the canvas. But back to your first question, um, you know, the idea doesn't have to be uh, on paper or, you know, this is what the canvas is about, is helping you put it on paper and helping you organize it. I mean, certainly you would have something for yourself, but it can be a concept in your head and you could use the process to help you put it on paper and document it. doesn't have to be started. It doesn't have to be... Um, already planned out and well-formed because that's part of what people come to us for is to help with that process. But some people do. Some people have it all planned out. Um, some people come to us and they've, they've started their business and they want help in a certain area. But no, if you have an idea, um, we can help you organize it. Well, th thank you very much. Thank you. These are great questions that we're getting here. Oh, yeah. Very thoughtful. Hi there. My name is Tori. I had a question. So yes. I joined this call um, because of Jesse, one of our co-hosts. And so because of her and some of my limited experience with the deaf and hard of hearing community, I was inspired to start a small business that I'm actually launching today about sign language interpreting and providing those services to hearing people to try to bridge the gaps between the hearing community and the hard of hearing community. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny that I jumped on tonight and you're talking all about business and launching yeah. and 
Yeah. Um, as a seeing person and hearing person, I'm again, still new to this community. So I would just love to hear Colleen, your advice or anyone else's advice for getting started in the position that I'm in. Like, I don't want to come into it thinking that, you know, like saying the wrong things or not respecting because I don't have the same experiences as many of the people that I want to bridge the gaps between. Um, but anyway, if you have any general like advice along those lines, Tom, it was great hearing a little bit more about what you do and like your new business. That's inspiring me too. So I love hearing all the feedback and Colleen, I was wondering if you'd like to speak to that at all. Okay. So you are, you're sighted and you have interpreting skills. Yes. Are you, okay. Um, are you, so the deaf, deaf blind, are you, are you looking to work with deaf blind specifically? Right now, since I am part of the hearing community, I want to start with people who are trying to work with the hard of hearing community and just start there and teach them the signs that I know. And then one day when I get my degree, I want to become a sign language interpreter and perhaps I will be working with the deafblind community. I'm still figuring out the long-term goal right now. Okay, so I would say if you if you eventually want to work with deafblind, um, they definitely are a, a community onto themselves um, and have their own sort of belief systems and things um, around and very technology driven community, very closely networked community. And I would advise you to get involved with an agency for the blind who has specifically a deafblind program mm -hmm. of some sort uh, where you can volunteer for their activities and interpret, but along the lines of, you know, of, of deaf, I mean, I would say, I would probably try to do what I could to immerse yourself in that culture. And mm -hmm. um, if there are, again, are agencies you can get involved with or volunteer opportunities um, right. that you can, you can understand, you know, a little more about their world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same world, but they experience things differently um, and, you know, find ways to serve the community and make connections that way, right. whether there are associations in your town or agencies who serve people who are deaf. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where you live or what might be available, but that's what comes to right. mind. Okay, great. So immersing in the community to go along with that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. mm, great question. That's a great idea. Tori, I, I can help you with that also. Okay. I'm, awesome. I'm here in Los Angeles and we could introduce you to, uh, at the Braille Institute, uh, the people who work with the deaf blind. So that would be a good start. Yeah. That would be great. I would love that. Could I okay. jump in here? Tom, come on in. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> along this very subject, we have a good friend. Um, she's the daughter in law of our neighbors right across the street. She does this kind of work from home she, as a contractor, if you will. And she works with different organizations around the country uh, doing exactly what you're talking about. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And uh, if you want to call me, you got a pencil? Oh, I sure do. 307? Mm-hmm. 764-764? Three six six four. Awesome! Thank you so much, Tom. Thank all of you. This yeah, is awesome. Call me, and I can give you her her name and contact information, and 
you can connect with her and have a chat. Thank you so much. This Thank is great. You. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Right. <laughs> Tom's always got the answers. <laughs> That's great. He's well connected. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other questions or any other comments you'd like to share? Okay. Well, I want to thank you very, very much, Colleen, for taking the time to share with us this really just amazing program. I just cannot believe that there's that much funding to be able to support this type of a program. And uh, you're just an outstanding speaker, and we will do everything we can to help you to promote it. And we, we will have this particular podcast up at our website and we will then forward you a copy of it too so that you could share it to others as well. Thank you and I appreciate the opportunity and all the thoughtful questions and um, you know that that have come tonight. If you want to um, explore a program again uh, if you look at under hadley.edu and sign up and under the working section it'll be available in just a couple weeks um, if you want to contact me directly, I'm at Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-E-N, Colleen at Hadley.edu. Um, Christine uh, has my my information. Or you could call Hadley and just ask for Colleen. There's only there's only one Colleen. So um, <laughs> That's great. you can find me on LinkedIn. I mean, there are ways. So if you have ideas um, that you want to explore or you want to get connected, feel free to reach out. Great, thank you, Jesse. So much, Colleen. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with here, uh, be with us here tonight. Really appreciate your insight and everything that you're doing. Thank you, thank you, and I appreciate all of you being here and and um, and taking to heart what I have to say and and asking such thought thoughtful and interesting questions. Thank you. Okay, we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Robert, thank you very much for recording this. Christine, thank you for putting it together. And Jesse, as always, thank you for the great job that you do. So we will talk to everybody again next month when we talk more about low vision. Good night, everybody.